What's up, guys? Welcome to The Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 3. I honestly feel like Episode 3 is kind of like what should have been the premiere episode of the whole season, the first episode. A ton of stuff happened in this one, and I'm going to explain a lot of things that I found to be really interesting with leaving out a lot of the stuff that we don't really need to worry about. So let's get right to it. We're back on Mount Tantis. Omega is greeted by Emery, where she fulfills her role as lab assistant once again. Omega notices a ton of clone commando troopers around and finds it to be a bit weird. So Nalase deletes the blood sample taken by Emery once again to protect Omega, as Hemlock tells her an unexpected guest is coming, and this of course is Palpatine. Nalase warns Omega of her blood being tested and how she'll be in grave danger if it is, imploring her to escape, to retrieve her data pad, and to use it to get out of there. Doing so, her blood sample is in the machine to be mixed with midichlorian-rich blood eventually. When we switch scenes to Palpatine arriving, his royal red guards escorting him with the doctor, who tells him that they have quadrupled their efficacy and experimenting exotic matter facilities to test much larger assets. I think this could be for things like potentially the Zillow Beast and other larger creatures that Palpatine wants to experiment with for different reasons. They enter the highly secured room with red shields. As Omega continues her escape, she goes to Crosshair's cell and tells him to distract the stormtroopers, when he does so and gives them an order. They scoff and we see how the stormtroopers think they're higher in command than clones, which is how the Empire has basically made things to be. That clones are obsolete and stormtroopers are the upgrade, when in reality, it's so the opposite. Palpatine just wanted a larger army and he felt clones were too costly for the size of the army that he wanted. He wanted to make the galaxy fear his sheer size of police force, rather than having insanely well-trained soldiers like clones. Omega and Crosshair take out the guards after she opens the doors with Nalase's data pad, escaping. She notices Crosshair's hand is getting worse. So this is because, I think, of the experiments being done to him, the midichlorians that they're probably pumping into his body and injecting into him to see what happens are actually making him sick. So it's like his body is rejecting them. So he could have some potential for force powers, but it's too early to tell. The room Palpatine enters, which we've all been waiting for here, is similar to the one on Exegol in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, with the vats of specimens and test tubes, they're all in a circle and then one larger one in the middle. As Palpatine walks up to it, opens it, and smirks. Now, during the watch party, I thought and everyone thought that this is Snoke's body. But look, what I really hope it is, is a young Palpatine body as Snoke is still about 50 plus years away from happening in the sequel trilogy. We have tons of time to explore and explain why the perfect M-Count clone body wasn't found or used by Palpatine resulting in his less-than-capable clone body that we saw in Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. Omega and Crosshair are stopped by Emery when they finally stun her and continue to escape. So Palpatine explains that this facility, as he's walking out with Dr. Hemlock, needs to remain hidden and secure. He says that many in the galaxy and even here in the facility would consider Dr. Hemlock's work an abomination. Now, in the Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker novel, Snoke is explained as... You guessed it, an abomination. Check this out. The heretics of the Sith Eternal toiled, splicing genes, bolstering tissue, creating unnatural abominations, in the hope that one of these strand casts would succeed and become a worthy receptacle. 
So right there we can see that Snoke was indeed referred to as some sort of a abomination, just like Palpatine is explaining here. So Palpatine leaves the base and Dr. Hemlock is immediately told that Omega and Crosshair have escaped. Emery rats them out and tells Hemlock that Omega has someone's data pad to help them get out of there. So of course the doctor assumes that Nalase helped Omega escape and they sound the alarms to capture the fugitives. Now at this point, Hemlock doesn't know the truth about Omega's blood sample, which we're going to see in just a few minutes, that it's exactly what he's looking for. And this is why I think that the Bad Batch probably, they either hide Omega really well, or she perishes, or they ruin Palpatine's plans for the perfect host somehow which is why he's left with the messed up body that he has in episode 9. Omega and Crosshair fight off the clone troopers in the forest as she tries to repel up one of the Imperial ships floating overhead when the hound that she befriended saves the day, which I guess we all could have expected. This allows her to get aboard. Crosshair has trouble aiming, so he ends up just punching out the troopers in hand-to-hand combat. They take over the ship and they get out of there as they're being shot down. When Omega's blood test finally goes through and Emery sees it shows positive as a candidate for Palpatine's midichlorians without sustaining any degradation, Hemlock is finally informed and calls off his troops, saying that she must not be killed. Omega and Crosshair use this moment to jump to light speed. Hemlock is annoyed but calls it a small setback, saying that he has the full resources of the Empire at his disposal, meaning, I think, Vader and every bounty hunter. So this means, you know, we could get Asajj Ventress, Vader coming into play to find them. All bounty hunters like Boba Fett, Cad Bane. Heck, maybe they'll bring Dengar into this or Bosk and Fennec Shand. Now, why I say Asajj Ventress, even though she's supposed to be dead at this point, according to the Dark Disciple novel, after she was killed by Count Dooku in Furious Lightning, is because in the screeners for The Bad Batch Season 3, we did see her. And the actress actually goes on to say that this is just a taste of Asajj, and we're going to see a lot more of her. So... Either these are flashbacks or she's actually not dead. Personally, I really like this episode. I don't like how they're connecting it to the sequel trilogy, but in my mind, I'm thinking that, all right, you know what? They're going to try and set up something that was supposed to be much more grand than what the Palpatine we saw in episode nine actually floated his consciousness into, meaning there was supposed to be an entity that was much stronger and much more capable than what happened to him. And the whole Snoke thing, I mean, I would love it if Luke ends up fighting a young Palpatine clone who is the perfect vessel and is actually what Palpatine is using for a bit or is training or whatever, all in the hopes of eventually transferring his essence into this being when Luke ends up fighting and killing him or something happens to him. Maybe the Bad Batch, maybe Vader, maybe, I don't know, who who knows what they're going to write. But I think it would make a lot of sense if they eventually have Luke fighting this young Palpatine, kind of like a Joris Sabaoth from Heir to the Empire, but just switching it up and taking inspiration from Heir to the Empire and changing things around. Do I want them to go into the whole cloning thing with Snoke and all that? No, not necessarily. I don't. I don't like the sequel trilogy. In fact, I think it really ruined a lot of things, but that is the direction they're going, and I would love to explain how I think, or rather, how I hope, yeah, how I hope, They're going to create some sort of story in between this time, which will eventually be destroyed or burned or killed or whatever happens to this being or this antagonist that they're about to create and introduce to us, hoping it's not Snoke, which will result in the pathetic form that Palpatine was in in Episode 9. These are just my theories. 
I hope they come true. I'm looking forward to the next watch party with you guys next week. And until then, I'll be reading your theories down below in the comments. Find me on Instagram at Star Wars Theory. And of course, check out my website at theorysabers.com. Hope you all have a great day and may the force be with you always.